So hi, everyone. Welcome to another Diversity, Equity and Inclusion podcast. It's great to have your company. My name is Lee Fitzroy and I work in the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion division as the coordinator for primary prevention. Now, before I introduce the topic and our guest, I would like to acknowledge the Wadawurrung people, the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm currently standing. I would like to acknowledge elders past, present and emerging and thank them for their care and custodianship of the land and the waterways. Today, we are really fortunate to have Megan Kelly in the room with me. And Megan is the Acting Executive Dean of the Faculty of Arts and Education. Megan, thank you so much for joining us and agreeing to share your experience of being a mum to a trans kid, your daughter. Just saying those words really highlights the reality that you have a very different family than myself and I imagine many of our listeners. Thank you again for choosing to talk to me about how having a transgender loved ones brings both joy and challenges to the family dynamic. I know these are brave conversations and they can really help challenge, shift and change old traditional and possibly transphobic attitudes and ideas. So Megan, welcome. Lovely to have you here. Thank you. Let's start with your daughter. Um, Can you tell us a bit about her, how old she is, and a little bit about her journey? So my daughter is now 25. She came out at the age of 18, funnily enough, right about the time of her year 12 English exams. She spent her time transitioning as she was at Deakin. So she was a Deakin graduate and she studied biomedical science and based herself in Geelong. Although she's not working in that space at the moment, she's a content creator online. She does, she did achieve her degree um, and is still, I would say, still finding her feet in where she's going to go next. Okay, so that's um, quite a long journey over the last seven or so years. And I imagine there would have been a lot of journeying happening for your daughter before she spoke to you about her identity. She had um, been processing her identity for four years before she told us and we weren't aware of that. Um, She did that on her own and very proud of the fact that she did that on her own. So she was probably about four years ahead of us before she let us know where she's at. And, and I was just thinking of the comment you made before about how um, the reality of having a transgender child means my family dynamics are slightly different. In fact, I'd say they're exactly the same. <laughs> it's, it's, they're like any other normal family dynamics. It's just that we have one child who's doing a separate journey in parallel to the normal family dynamics that everybody experiences. That's a really lovely pickup and thank you for acknowledging that, Megan. And and I I take your point. I think it's the reality. I watched um yeah, the show on Georgie Stone last night, thinking about our conversation today. And one of the key things that came up was this was her reality from birth. And so other people's perception of whether that's different or not is their perception. And that was a really, that's exactly the point you're making as well around what family is, what love is, what connection is to your child happens regardless of someone's gender or sexual identity. It does indeed. And that The Dream Life of Georgie Stone is only a half hour documentary and it's a fantastic documentary that gives oversight into the family dynamics and what it is for a transgender child in their personal journey but everybody's journey is different and Mm. this just means that my daughter's journey is her unique journey just as Mm. my other two daughters journeys are their unique journeys and we all learn from each other and to me it's been a really enriching experience because I think everyone brings a new focus and a new lens to the table Uh, and my transgender daughter has 
brought that to our family and our family dynamics is just far better. I think we're, we're just better. Everybody says they're, they accept diversity, but when you are facing diversity in the way that we are, you essentially learn that it's an integral part of life. Yeah, And you can enact it in the ways that you want to enact it. And so it just seems like a normal thing to us. Yeah. And I I think that's why it's so important for us to have this conversation. And I'm very aware that we're talking about your daughter and she's not here. I was having a chat to another friend whose daughter transitioned, probably similar from sort of 15 and they're about 24, 25 now. And one of the key things that she made me very aware of was not to speak about someone's experience and assume we know. But I would be really interested in your thoughts, Megan, around what you think your daughter might add to the conversation that we've just had around family and identity and how how we manage that in a time of change. I've heard my daughter say many times to people, just be true to yourself and don't live a life where you don't identify. And you have to be brave and you have to be strong. But the world is getting easier for trans and gender diverse people and the outcome is great when you are brave and strong and surround yourself in love and support. So I think it's really key that families are there to support people when they identify as different to their birth gender. And that's a really key component to it. But it does take a fair bit of strength to come out and say, "I I don't align with my gender that I was born in. Yeah, it does. And I... I think that's a really lovely segue then to have a bit of a chat about the support for family members who may be living with a loved one who has identified that they don't, that the sex assigned to them at birth doesn't align with their felt identity. I'm aware that you're a voluntary member of Trans Family and so I wondered whether you could give us a bit more information given your broad body of experience, given the work that Trans Family does to support and assist families who are who are making this transition alongside their their child. So Trans Family is a peer support group for family, partners, friends, loved ones as they journey with their trans and gender diverse people. It offers a warm and understanding environment for friends and family to share experiences, ask questions, seek advice and support. We set up about eight or nine years ago um, from a a particular mother who didn't have any support around her in partnership with a transgender woman, Sally Goldner, who's an amazing woman. So it's run by a committee of eight passionate and active volunteers who all have lived experience of a loved one who's trans or gender diverse. They run monthly meetings face-to-face in suburbs around Melbourne and support is extended and offered to the wider Victorian region where possible. We're trying to set up Zoom meetings and um, expand our support. It's important to note that trans family acknowledges and respects the person's decision that trans and gender person's decision and provides peer support and guidance to family and loved ones who want to support their trans and gender diverse person. So we actively advocate for trans and gender diverse people. We don't entertain those who are not supportive of anyone's transitioning. And that's because trans families activities really start to address a critical concern in the community and in research where rejection from family and loved ones can actually lead to poor mental health with a great concern that losing family relationships impacts on the person's decision to transition or their ability to transition safely. And derogatory comments from family members affect the self-esteem of a trans and gender diverse person more than poor comments coming from other 
regions of people in the in the community but the family also at the same time is going through an adjustment of their own they need to learn and understand about what it means to be transgender or gender diverse and the process of that adjustment takes time so it's an interesting dynamic of the the loved one transitioning and the family transitioning together concurrently but not actually doing the same thing so help and acceptance of transgender identity is really quite crucial and during those transition stages, we we help people accept what's needed to make that, that instrumental support. So a need for a support group like trans family is really heightened because everyone's transitioning. And over time, the relationships work through, you know, many iterations because you've got a daughter becoming a son or an aunt becoming an uncle. So you, the family needs to re-establish their relationship and connections and re-initiate into family activities and the redefined gender. And it's not actually easy to do, especially with extended family dynamics. And it all takes time. So, you know, you get a bit of success and then you get a bit of failure and then everybody gets a bit upset and then we've got to move back through again. So noting it takes time, trans family is a great support network for your, your wins and and some of the challenges. Yeah, and I think we we know from both research and experience about the importance of peer support and creating a safe environment for people to both talk about their own experience and how best to support their loved one. And and you talked a bit about things are changing for trans kids and and families supporting their children, but we know that um, lots of trans kids experience challenges and some of the issues that we're aware of that they speak about. What would your advice be, Megan, or how can we help and what can we do to better understand their complex experiences? Being transgender or gender diverse means something different to each person and people choose where they're comfortable in the gender spectrum. So it's not just male and female, but there's a whole spectrum in between. So they may choose to start hormones until they get the transition they want, um, or they may choose to fully transition. And to explain that a little more, some transgender men, for instance, might want a deeper voice or facial hair. And once they've achieved that outcome, they don't need to keep taking hormones, which are testosterone. Some may want surgery, others don't. And and it takes time for a person to identify where they sit in this spectrum. So you may have a trans woman during this period who's growing facial hair while she has laser surgery, because you've got to grow the hair to actually be able to remove the hair. It takes time to actually transition. Hormones take two years to enact and you know after two years what your body will be like. But people can't hide away while they make that transition. So when when you see somebody who is obviously sitting somewhere on the spectrum, don't make assumptions about it. Don't make assumptions to their gender. Ask, take guidance from that person. Ask, what are your pronouns that you'd like me to use? And respect people, all people, and understand that the presentation is non-binary. It might be mixed in your understanding, but it's actually people working out how they identify and who they are. And it might be that someone presents as male one day and female the next, but if we follow the guidance of the people, the trans and gender diverse person, it's them working it out or it's them comfortable being in that more mixed mobile space. Yeah, that's fantastic advice, Megan. Thank you. And I'm just thinking you know, one of the things we started this conversation with was an acknowledgement that actually being trans isn't the problem. Mm. It's actually transphobia and other forms of discrimination, which can really negatively impact on someone's emotional and physical well-being. How do you and your family manage this possibility for your daughter? It's been really difficult uh, because Mm. I have 
absolutely no issue of having a transgender daughter, but the world around us is pretty mean. Yeah. So you become an advocate, you become an ally, you're constantly educating others. I still want to protect my daughter from a transphobic narrative, especially, you know, recent elections. It permeates the government, it permeates society, but I can't protect her. I think the only thing I can do is advocate, tell our story from my standpoint, create visibility and try and normalise what we've been going through. So visibility is important and having podcasts such as this where we can start to have a little bit of impact is really important. So what I ask of others is to stand up with us and help us make trans and gender diverse people feel safe and feel valued for who they are and help us normalise what is really a normal thing. Gender diversity is a normal thing. Yeah, it's a normal part of the human experience. And Megan, I think, you know, we talk a little bit about where change comes from and clearly it comes from having brave conversations. So I really appreciate you doing this. One of the things that I'd be interested in, and you've given us some great advice and for anyone who's listening, who's grappling with this, it's a really helpful way to think about how they can best support their loved one. But what do you think some of the key learnings for you will have been over these years as you've journeyed alongside? your daughter I've learned a lot from my daughter she's amazing and she she just keeps bringing great joy in everything she does she's the most incredible woman I've ever met really I think the key learnings is as we've mentioned before that the family and loved ones are critical for trans and gender diverse people but family and loved ones go through a transition as well as the transgender person. So everybody needs support. It's been explained to me before that the trans and gender diverse people, they need to be powered up by the people around them and supported, but the people around them need to be powered up to be able to provide that to the trans and gender diverse people. And I think we need to remember that, that you know, positivity and helping each other is really key. Yeah. And I guess that is a really beautiful segue into my last question for you, Megan, is taking that broad advice for us as a community so that we can support families who support their children. What could we do at Deakin to create a more safe and respectful relationship for gender diverse staff and students? Any advice for us, given where I work at Diversity, Equity, (laughs) Inclusion? (laughs) I think we've got to be really proud of people who do speak up and are asking for support to become their true self. I They are brave, sensational people because they are turning into who they are. And we want that for all our children. We want that for everyone around us. We want that for our peers. So anybody who identifies as trans and gender diverse or wants to um, start transitioning processes, I think they are the most incredibly wonderful people. So I think if we can remember that If you're discovering your gender diversity, Deacon actually can help you. We have a wonderful gender affirmation program, a gender transition, usually includes social, medical and legal aspects. And Deacon is here with a whole lot of support networks to help you navigate it. If you're having trouble communicating with your family, encourage them to reach out to organisations like Trans Family. There's other organisations such as Transcend and Parents of Gender Diverse Children. Those organisations help normalise the conversation. And everyone can be found online, including Trans Family. So Trans Family details can be found online through Facebook. But reach out. Know that you're not alone and know that we are incredibly proud of you. 
Thank you, Megan. That's a gorgeous place to end. So I would just like to thank you for taking time out. I know it's a really busy time of the year. But and I thank know you, you for thank you for asking me really, because it's been great to be able to offer that, you know, open conversation. I really appreciated it. So I guess I just want to thank you. It's such a delight to have a chat to you, Megan. We could chat for ages, but we will have to finish it up. (laughs) So thank thank you. you. Thank you to all our listeners for listening and engaging with the topic. I do want to just say that if anyone found any of the content of this podcast distressing, please do seek support through Safer Community Services on 9244-3734. That's available Monday to Friday, 9 to 4, or 1-800-RESPECT on one 800-737-732 and that's a 24-7 service. If you are a Deacon staff member, you can contact Employee Wellbeing Service on 1300-687-327. That's in business hours. Um, we do obviously want to acknowledge that this episode of Respect Belong Thrive is sponsored by the Community Bank at Deacon. It's a partnership between Bendigo Bank, Adelaide Bank and Deacon and it provides grants for community projects and events and initiatives. We would also love to hear from you. So if you have any questions or feedback about any of the topics we've discussed today, please email me on respect at deacon.edu.au. Thanks everyone. Take care and thanks again for listening.